Hello, and welcome back to the Gucci podcast. To tap into the conversations happening on Vault, Gucci's experimental online store, we are meeting some of the talented creators whose work you will find on its virtual shelves. Here is host Shahida Bari talking to Alex Olsen about his brand, Bianca Shandon, and the various sources of inspiration he finds for his collections, including a collaboration with Vans, available on Vault. Hello and welcome to Vault. I'm Shahida Bari, Professor at London College of Fashion and your host for Vault, a Gucci podcast mini-series. If you've been following our adventures, then you'll know that Vault is Gucci's online concept store. It's a meeting place in the metaverse, a repository for the past and a laboratory for the future, where we revel in the power of vintage and cherish ideas of memory and heritage, as well as celebrating daring new fashion visions. Through the coming weeks, we'll be talking in depth with the creatives who we think are at the cutting edge of contemporary design, beauty and style. We'll be sneaking into their studios, meeting them at their favourite hangouts and entering into their imaginations. We're starting with Alex Olsen. His love of sports and 70s subculture has culminated in his fashion label, Bianca Shandom. Hello, Alex. Welcome to Vault. Nice to have you. Tell me about Bianca Shandom because it's such an elegant French name, but actually the brand is really relaxed. It has a really welcoming and cool vibe. How did you start the label? I started it in about 2013, the very end of 2013. And I was skateboarding and I wanted to, I guess, have my own line. And it was more of an experiment, if anything, of just trying something out and see where it would go and not really having any plan. And I had a partner at the time and we put like 5,000 each in and we just kind of went forward. And then I think I was just influenced by Purple Magazine a lot and I guess skateboarding obviously and just the, the things around that and disco music and house music and just all the, I guess, dance music in general and all the things that came with that. And then kind of made this melting pot of this company. I think you get a real sense of all those different influences behind the, the label. I'm going to ask you more about that in a moment, but I just I just want to say that I think people might recognize that the the graphic style of the garments, particularly the hoodies and the crew necks and the and the, the t-shirts with the word lover emblazoned across them. Can you can you give us a sense of the brand and its look for for people who may not know it? I, yeah, I just go I guess off the cuff of it. So it's not there's not this like focused idea, right? It's more just like what, I guess, what am I inspired at the time? And I guess at that point, I was really into dance music and DJing and all the things that came within that of Larry Levine. And they have these things called edits. And basically DJs would take a song, a classic song and take the arrangements they liked and kind of put their own edit, almost reappropriating, almost like kind of like a Richard Prince vibe. And so that really excited me and I wanted to do shirts in that same regard where, you know, their edits were called white labels at the time. And people would just make these like 500 press records and, you could, you know, they had no labels on them. So you would kind of not know who made them or they would have a stamp and you would kind of have to like, I guess, investigate to really know what it was. And that was something that really interested me. Maybe not the best for like selling stuff because people need to kind of be spoon fed stuff. It has a kind of DIY 
feel to it in a really right. interesting and way, a kind of unique way. You've talked a little bit about about your skateboarding past as a, as a professional skateboarder and and DJing as well. You've done lots of things, but Bianca Chandon is, is quite a different. It's a departure from your previous projects. So tell me what's so different about what you're doing here in fashion. I guess it's it's not any different. I think there's a lot of people like Palace or Supreme, and it's kind of fitting that that mold of outsiders coming in and trying to do fashion and what is fashion really at this stage in in our uh, society you know it's it's just whatever people think is interesting to them but i wanted to do i mean the idea was to make shirts to get enough money to then make dresses and like get more experimental at that point but yeah. <laughs> that never happened well, well you <laughs> you start you started in 2013 i think 2013 to 2014 in 2022 has the brand developed i mean you're not doing the dresses yet but has it developed has it and developed? changed uh, it's definitely changed i mean clothing is just hard in general you know and coming having zero background in it and besides just like looking and seeing how like other companies, when you're, you know, when I was sponsored for skateboarding, you'd see how they would run a company. You're like, I wouldn't do that, but now you're like, oh wait, that's why they do that. Has it progressed? I guess so. It doesn't feel like it, but to me personally, because I'm so close to it. But maybe from an outsider, it has. I think there was a point where we were using like figures from Paris is Burning and stuff like that, and we would donate some of our earnings to these organizations just to like try to like give back in some form. And, and it, was, it wasn't like a popular thing as, as it is now. That's a really interesting kind of model of production, isn't it? Where you're making something and trying to channel some of that, the profits back into an organization like Paris is Burning. And I know you're, you, you're really into things like the 70s and 80s subculture of Paris is Burning and Paradise Garage and, and Voguing. I, I wonder what it is that you love about those periods that you're, you're channeling in Bianca Chandon. Yeah, I guess just dancing. I guess the culture around just dancing, you know, being free, going to somewhere to like let yourself go and kind of almost like a church in a sense almost or just to like kind of release and give up your inhibitions and just be free really and I think that was seeing that in other things because skateboarding I guess would do that for me and then I was like well not everyone can go skateboard but everyone can dance for the most part and I think that was really the like interesting thing about that you know and people like really being themselves yeah I know you, you talked about DJing and, and music Does, do, do you listen to music when you're working uh yeah a lot a lot of mixes yeah, I can totally get why you're listening to music because it feels like the brand is sort of creating a whole culture around it, that there's a kind of, not quite a lifestyle, but like a whole ambience around it too, which is more than just the clothes as a kind of way of being in the, wo in the world. Am I, am I just making that up, Alex? No, 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 that, you, you're right? totally getting it. I mean, it's like before Bianca, there was my friend Paul Takahashi who had a company called Sarcastic Disco and he was kind of the the guy that taught me a lot of the, the things I know today on the forefront of like streetwear in the 90s and ran the X large store and through these parties that DJ Harvey used to do and kind of built this whole thing in LA that was happening in the early to mid 2000s. And I learned a lot from him and seeing and being inspired by him. And I think it was probably an extension of him coming out of me and trying to do what he had taught me and trying to, I guess, share those those things that I've, I've learned and the, the culture of all that stuff. 
Yeah. It, it also feels like the world of Alex Olsen too, in a really interesting way. You're being very modest about this, but tell me what we're going to see from Bianca Chandon for Bolt. What, what are you doing for us? Yeah, so I guess I was like looking at all the different collaborations they had done in the past, and it seemed like a lot of people would just put their, their brand and repeat it. And I didn't want to do something like that. And so I was kind of trying to figure out how can you like really like get the essence of Vans, like what the skate culture is from the 80s and how could you do that? So we kind of like scuffed them up. And then I was like, how can you take the classic but change it enough where it looks different, but it's, it's still the same. It really represents what it, what it is. And so instead of checkers, we just changed it to stars. And then I was thinking kind of like, Stars are, are so ingrained in us in so many different ways, you know, the Hollywood stars or the star system. I don't know in England if they do that, but, you know, like if you're good, you get a gold star as a kid in preschool or Carl's Jr. Or I, there's so many different things that have stars, the, the iconography of stars in general, just that shape. So I thought that was like really powerful in some strange way. I was like, let's just change it to stars, you know, and then instead of checkerboard. And it was just like, just making a subtle difference basically and, and kind of not making it about the brand, but like just trying to come up with some type of design that was good and solid. And I really love them actually. And I don't say that about my stuff ever. So yeah, I'm really happy and proud of how they came out. And I was really stressed out because I couldn't figure out what to make. And I was just like, I don't, I really don't want to put my logo all over the shoe like so many other brands. And it's no, it's not like I'm dissing them, but it's just, how can I make it where it doesn't, less is more, basically. Yeah, because you want to respect Vans uh, for what they are, but also put your own mark on them, which is, is what you've done in this collaboration. You've had a long relationship with Vans. How do you feel about that collaboration? And what was it like working with them? Yeah, so I skateboarded for them and I did, I had like a, my own shoe for them and I had done colorways in the past with them. And it, it was fun. You know, it was, it's actually, I guess, kind of nice to take a, a long extended break because I don't think we had worked with them in, I, have, I don't know, maybe 14 years, 13 years. So it's been really nice. And, you know, I know I knew the designers that like it was very comfortable working with them. He knew how I worked and it was really it was really easy, actually, you know. And so, yeah, it was really nice, actually, coming back to that. And I have so many like friends that work there and. It was nice to like reconnect with all those people. It's kind of nice you've come back full circle working with them in this different capacity and it's nice that you've done it for Vault. But what about your your design process more generally when you're you're working on, on Bianca Chandon? How hands-on are you? What what's your role? What do you how how does it work? It's a one person band, you know. I have one person that helps me with emails and shipping stuff, but other than that I'm doing the Instagram, the design and all you know, everything pretty much. So I'm making all the graphics and stuff. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll ask for help with a, a friend in Japan. But um, other than that, yeah, uh, the, the process is whatever's interesting or whatever you see on the street or a sticker or whatever mundane thing there is. I, I think I strayed away from the essence of what it was originally from the music. And then now I've been kind of going back and trying to like rediscover that. I mean, it's almost 10 years old, so it will be 10 years old at the end of the year. So it's funny, like you stray away from these things that you're like, wait, why don't I go back to why people liked it, you know? So 
and just kind of figuring all that stuff out, you know, finding the ebbs and flows of, of the original ideas and kind of trying to bring those back. Yeah. I really get this sense that you're, you're a pretty nomadic spirit, you know, and that you have this sense of kind of belonging nowhere and everywhere at the same time. And I wondered if that quite nomadic spirit shapes your creative work too. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, I, I work from my phone, you know, for the most part. And I just need a laptop, really. Everything else is secondary. But um, yeah, I mean, like if I go on a trip or something, I'll bring my computer and just work on the plane or wherever. And sometimes it gets stressful, too. Yeah. Well, I guess someone like you who does have a kind of nomadic spirit, you can be a magpie or you can cherry pick your influences according to where you are. And I can see that in your work. I was also going to ask you about autism because I know you're someone who identifies on the autism spectrum and I that's so interesting that you're open about it and I wonder what it what it means for you and the way that you understand yourself and and the work that you do oh yeah I think I just get obsessive on things and then you know there's people that I guess I've met where they they are obsessive but then they keep obsession where like I think I'll get obsessed get very consumed by it and then move on because the new obsession happens and just like keeps going and going and going. You know, I guess I'm more open now just being okay with it or whatever, not being shy or, or scared or thinking less, uh, I'm lesser of someone that has, you know, all the, <laughs> the things that uh, someone on the spectrum has. But uh, yeah, I mean, for all that stuff, I guess I, yeah, I was in special ed my whole life and then I dropped, my dad was like, we're, we're taking you out of school because they're not teaching you anything. And I kind of taught myself how to read and taught. It's this thing called unschooling where the kid is at his own pace, learns how to operate and figures out things on his own. So I guess in my own weird way, of, I taught myself things. So I, and it just, I guess it's just transferred over into the company and how I do things. So like asking help is very foreign because I, I had to teach myself. So, you know. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about meditation because whenever I've watched videos of you or read about you, it's it's something that's come up a few times. It's a, You're really passionate about it. It's a big part of your life. What does it do for you? I think it just calms my head down, really. You know, like I think, and it's weirdly because it, it does have a tie in with Bianca. I, I had a, a partner split up and I was just being really angry towards the person and just, that's not me. And so like I kind of discovered meditation through owning a business and like trying to figure out like how does this calm me down or what you know and kind of took me on this whole spiritual journey and what have you but uh yeah it was one of those things where i just i wasn't liking the person i was becoming and so i, I just got involved in like learning meditation and the same way of how unschooling is i just applied that same theory or the same madness that i have which is like all right, I want to try all these different theories of, of meditation from Osho to mindfulness to Kundalini to, yeah, so many different ones. But, you know, it's funny because all this stuff stems from skateboarding in some way or another of being hurt, having an injury and going to yoga and being like, oh, that actually made my injury go away or heal exponentially versus going to a physical trainer or getting PRP or whatever, you know. It's all connected, really, right? So, like, mind-body, you know, it's so cliched. Yeah, you know. it is cliched, but it's true. But I was also thinking about how when you were talking about your autism, it feels like 
you know, autism may not sit easily with meditation, but for you, those two things do work together for you. I think it works for anyone. I know I hear a lot of people say, you know, I just, I try to meditate. I couldn't stand it, you know, but it's like, you just have to practice, you know what I mean? And also there's so many different versions of meditation, you know, going on a walk, we meditate without knowing that we meditate, you know, essentially. So going for a run, going surfing, walking by yourself, just being, you know, obviously present is the, is the real thing that you're trying to do. And even when I sit and meditate, it's not like I'm being present for that you know, duration. It's just like, you know, it's a constant battle of like yeah. staying focused. So, but it's one of those things where I guess, cause I fell out of it during COVID maybe mm -hmm. just because, you know, every day seemed like Groundhog's Day. And then I think I was like, okay, I have to, I have to do 62 days and that, that becomes a habit. And then I, I like had this app where it was just, it, it, it did nothing but just ring a, a bell, but it tracks your meditation. And basically I just, you know, it, each morning I wake up and that's the first thing I do. And it's so helpful. And just like, yeah, just get that one thing out of the way or in Ayurvedic, they call it Dinachara, which is just like morning routine. Right. And that's just, you know, scraping your tongue, dry brushing, and then going about your day because you can control these first things in the morning to set your day up for the rest to be like helpful, I guess. Yeah. The, well, the, the this is what idea. I mean by your label having a whole kind of ambience around it. That's what I'm getting. When you were talking earlier about the kind of attention span that and the obsessiveness that the autism gives you, it struck me that actually that's a really good mental pattern for fashion you know to be really obsessed about something for a little while but then be able to move on to something else and actually I wonder if it helps your entrepreneurialism and I, I wonder how you nurture that because you do so much right I don't know I don't know if that's just me or if that's natural or not but fashion moves too fast uh -huh. where you know which is kind of frustrating because it's just like yeah I'm interested in this thing I want to grow I don't want to like see something through for a season because that's only four months, you know, or three more, you know. So it, it's one of those things where like, it, it's more interesting, like let's, let's build on this and like, how do we better it? You know what I mean? Not that my clothing's doing any of that, but it, it's that theory of, of like taking, taking the good from it and expanding on it. You know, I guess art is like that, right? It's like taking the previous people and expanding on the conversation of their work, you know? So yeah, it's one of those things where I, I I don't know how I do it. I just it's just natural. It just is like I'm interested in this and like so like right now I'm like obsessing over like getting a car and like trying to figure out like which is the like most efficient one to get for the price and like how long the duration of how long I'll have that car and what's the right way of doing it. But I mean it's just one of those things where it gets obsessive. You know, I guess also like I make I've been like learning how to make surfboards and so I'm j I just get obsessive with that, you know what I mean? And figuring out like the measurements and all that stuff. What about for Bianca Chandon? What are you getting obsessive <laughs> over for the label? What are your plans for the future? Keep it alive. <laughs> that's, that's a big ambition, but, uh, <laughs> but you're not going to uh, give anything away. I mean, literally that. I mean, it's just like, like I said previously, just kind of coming back to like where like the roots of it are and not straying so far away from that and like really bringing back the music aspect of that and the dance culture and all that stuff because you're in england right yeah yeah the, like just going out there i was taking a, a cab to the, the airport and just people you guys have like house music just different types of music uh -huh. you know obviously 
rap and hip hop is the big biggest thing that everyone listens to, but at least in in England I, or London I recognize is that there was like the workers or like construction workers were listening to house music, and I found that to be like so insane to me, <laughs> but it was so nice and refreshing to see that, and so I guess the whole goal of Bianca is to like really bring that whole culture of dance culture and try to like show kids that like there's this other thing that's different than what you're listening to and there's a real culture behind it and there's a whole reason for you know why things work the way they do and yeah you know try to like push that but i you know I, i've always noticed that the, the brits really like they're they really enjoy their music yeah and it's, it's, it's a very big thing you know yeah in, in america we don't i just guess i don't really listen to that stuff not because of any re- real reason but it's just like it's re- a lot of posturing right you know like i remember going to a, a birthday recently and it's like it's all about like this is what i have this is what i'm about this is what i'm gonna make i'm gonna take and grab where like if you listen to dance music it's all about like love and like experience and having people and it's it's a very different aspect but it's like the, the two messages which i think is hip-hop's great and does a lot of great things but in an environment where there's multiple people around it's not probably the best music to listen right, right. to because it makes you kind of like aggressive and like you know it psychs you up but in a different way where dance music it's more like community yeah you, know, you make me really want to listen to dance music now i need to find out where those builders were that were listening to house music in london i mean they were listening to bbc one radio or whatever you know <laughs> I'm glad that we're doing so well. Listen, the last thing I want to ask you is, is the philosophy of Volt. Volt Volt is thinking about the way that the past informs the present. And actually, you've been talking a lot about the influences that are informing Bianca Chandon. How how is that visible in your work, the the past that informs the present? Because I feel like it is a big part of your work. Yeah, I mean, just like we just, just talked about, it's just like trying to hold this community up of, of dance music that was so prevalent in the 70s and 80s that this underground music that I, I think kids don't really realize and like you could go to 718 sessions and really really experience these old like 60 year olds that are dancing like they're 25 you know and the, these parties that still exist but it's like one of those things where it's an underground thing that needs to be preserved some way and somehow and shown to the younger audience but I don't know if we're doing the best job of that but it's one of those things where it's like there's a whole you know like from sunset Ibiza mixes to hardcore techno to it's all the the community you know I guess trying you're trying to preserve that you know and then then like I just said like those two things those things are very prevalent in Ibiza and Germany you know what I mean but America doesn't have that yeah it used to excuse me in the 70s and 80s and even in the 90s but now everyone's so self-conscious and, and i guess you know that gucci i don't know if gucci actually made the film but there's that film with the the artist and the kids in the school and he's talking about dance music i, I I'm, I'm sorry i'm forgetting his name but i know gucci premiered it uh i know what you mean i think you mean um jeremy della's documentary about rave music called everybody in the place which was commissioned by gucci back in 2018 i think but that's like one of the most the greatest documentaries is one of those things where it's it really shows what dance music has to offer and what it did for people. 
I think you're doing a pretty good job of it, you know, Alex. Thank you so much for talking to me, Alex Olsen. It's been really great listening to you. And thank you too for listening on the Gucci podcast. Join us again when we'll meet more of the inspiring creatives being showcased on Bolt. Thank you for listening to the Gucci podcast. Discover more about the Bianca Shandon and band collaboration on Vault in the episode's notes.